Hello, my name is Devin Johnson. I'm a business program manager on Microsoft's legal business operations strategy and modern legal team. I produce content for the Business of Law podcast, including this episode. This episode, we're speaking with Melissa Prince, Chief Client Value and Innovation Officer, Sarah Happy, Director of Knowledge Management and Business Intelligence, and James Boiler, Director of Modern Management and Efficiency at Ballard Spar. In this episode, we will discuss Ballard Spar's COVID-19 legal response with digital transformation. who you are, meaning, I want to know who Melissa is, is as well, of course, but let's talk about Ballad Spar and the amazing team that you're leading. Tell us more about that. So we really embarked on, um, on this crazy journey officially about five years ago when I joined the firm. Um, we had just started thinking about the new normal post the last recession. I think this, um, this COVID-19 recession is really changing the way that law firms are gonna look at the industry forever. You know, because for years we've been saying the 2008 recession kind of shaped large law firm life, but I think this is shaping it even more so than we've seen in the last several years. But we, you know, post 2008, when clients started worrying about, um, more about rates and about what law firms were charging, we started to take a much more disciplined approach to the way that we approached our client relationships mm-hmm. and to be much more client service focused than we ever were before. We've always been very focused, but I think the creation of this team was symbolic of something that started about five years ago. And we started with pricing, then kind of moved towards legal project management and what that meant and how we manage budgets and the pricing arrangements we agreed to But then what we started realizing is that um, value to clients is more than just price. And it also has to do with the use of technology and efficiency. And that's kind of how the Ballard uh, Client Value and Innovation Program was started. Um, There are 25 of us now. We are focused on, and and there were two of us five years ago. Wow. (laughs) So we've kind of exploded. And we have five different parts of the team now. I think probably the most relevant part of the team to this podcast discussion has to do with our technology focus, um, which involves Jim and Sarah and me and the data, our data management people who are also a part of the team. Um, So the approach that we take that's different from IT is that we're focused solely on client technology applications. So anything that touches the client Um, that involves us managing the matters that we're handling for clients, that involves creating efficiencies with those matters, um, using technology to keep clients more apprised of what's happening day to day. Um, All of those things kind of um, dovetail nicely into this discussion. So your customers, and we'll use the term customers, it means clients. I think- For our team, Modern Legal, we've started using the word customer instead of clients, even though we we are legal service providers. Just because when you think of a customer, you you get more entrenched in what they need, and you find this like different kind of connection. Not just they need in terms of the legal services, right? Yep. What you're doing is delivering this value add service yep. to clients that makes them feel like a customer in an amazing experience, um, giving us something completely new and out of you know out of the box. And so. 
Give me an example of when you say this technology that just focuses on what what your what your what your customer needs. And and then we'll go into the the COVID tracker, but I I would love to give an example up front about what you what you mean by technology for them. So um, I'll give you a recent example that we have in COVID-19. Mm -hmm. We have a client, a commercial client that has a ton of leases okay. and they have lost um, more than half of their business since COVID-19. And we're going to have to seek rent relief from the commercial landlords on a bunch of those leases. Mm -hmm. There are over 200 leases that we've been involved with. And a partner came to us and said, we really need someone that does process management to help us to, to manage all of this stuff that's happening. Right. And Jim and I both have process management experience, but there's no way that we could manage 200 plus commercial lease, um, you know, issue negotiations and forbearance agreements and whatever is happening with those on our own. We just don't have the infrastructure, but we could do it with the Microsoft technology we've built. Awesome. And so what we did is we created a portal that has a map that shows each of the locations where each of the, the leases are and mm -hmm. the properties and all of the documents related to those properties. And we created a, a workflow process that says, you know, we've written a letter to the landlord. Mm -hmm. Now we're in the negotiation phase and here's what we're doing in terms of rent abatement or forbearance. Um, and then the, the whole Ballard team then is using this technology and it's really a process management technology mm -hmm. that we've developed, but it's solely for this individual client and their needs. So and we were able to do it just over a period of a couple of days. Wow. And so, so that's what's so that's amazing. Available, right? Yeah. Like you can take yeah. this same technology and, and build out something similar for another customer, but that was amazing that you're able to tailor it to this specific um, need. And so we're going to go into the specific need that we're kind of dealing, all dealing with right now. We're all, so during this, the recording of this podcast, we're all working from home. Uh, you won't see our lovely faces during the podcast, but I'm seeing Jim, Sarah, and Melissa uh, at home. We're on our team's call and we're here because of COVID and Ballard Spar and this amazing team that Melissa leads has spun up this great tool for their customers. So if you could just in one sentence, Melissa, tell us what the solution is, no technical jargon, please, for our listeners. Uh, just how would you describe this new solution that's been built? It is a state and federal COVID-19 legislation tracker. Perfect. That was short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and I can imagine why customers around um, our our country uh, need this to help in in the work they do every day, to, regardless of what business you're in at this point. So, your solution, because you kind of gave us the, this this clarity around who it serves, your solution is for your customers, for your clients. And do they also use this solution to provide service to other end users, or is this strictly within um, kind of their world? They're using it for their customers or end users as well. Yeah. So if you think about this as like a vendor relationship, um, I think the I think what I'm starting to realize is that we are a legal vendor and for our for our customers, and they have in turn their own customers. Um, 
And they they have different business needs for tracking legislation, executive orders, administrative orders that are coming down at the state and federal level. But a lot of it involves, you know, their day-to-day work. Right. Um, you know, so for example, we have a client that owns a series of gyms across the United States. And they need to track um, stay-at-home orders so they can know, you know, states may open up, but the that you know the local municipalities and the um, and the counties that they are in may have different rules, mm-hmm. and all of those things need to be tracked. And so, being able to keep in a very detailed way track of everything that's going on at both the state and federal level, that you know, in a way that you know that matches their business needs, the type of work that they're doing, and that's what this really does. And so. Tell me what was what you think, or you probably know this because they came to you, some of your customers, or maybe you brought it to them. How were they doing this before? Like it sounds like you were solving a problem around being able to track the 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 evolution of these changes that as a as just a human with as a parent and employee, I'm tracking this every day in my little King County state of Washington, right? By the way, where where um COVID first kind of <laughs> yeah, where this whole thing started. Yeah, exactly. But I imagine this is hard, harder for businesses. What were they doing before this solution came about for, for example, the, the customer you just described? They were looking at a bunch of different news sources. Their emails were getting flooded. Their inboxes were getting flooded. There was no organized way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the thing that's really complicated about the legislation that's come down as a result of COVID-19 is that it's happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I shouldn't even call it legislation because we're, we're treating this, you know, I, when I say legislation, I mean much more broadly orders that are coming down. So mm-hmm. say the legislature is in a pers- the legislature in a particular state is not in session, the government is just issuing an order and it's not tracked anywhere. So if it's an actual piece of legislation, it's going into legislative tracking services that then we can link onto and pull into our technology and it's pretty automatic and there's nothing manual that's happening. If there are orders that are issued, they're just coming down from the governors of each state and you have to keep track of that by watching the news and then linking to the to the specific orders and there's no uniform place that they're coming from. And so that's what we were dealing with. Things were happening so quickly. Right. You know, I think none of us had any idea that any of this was going to happen. I was at work on a Friday and the next thing I know I've now been home for 8 weeks working remotely and I left my office and we all did, you know. And so that so that's what was crazy about it. And orders, because of the emergent nature of everything that was happening, were just starting to come down. And there was no place that they are being housed. And so when we first started the tracker, we thought, well, we'll just track legislation. But then what we quickly realized is the majority of what was happening had nothing to do with legislation. It just, you know, Pennsylvania, for example, where we are, there are numerous orders that came down at the administrative level that mm-hmm. weren't in any of these services and we are just keeping track of them on our own and that's where the real the need really arose right right so you have it sounds like the this has alleviated um the need for agility and the the confusion that was arising from the fact that so many different uh orders and instructions and 
um, legislation as well, but all these different pieces of the puzzle were coming down and you have helped your customers alleviate that confusion and work with the agility that they need to keep, to just keep on top of whatever they need to for their business, which, which for some will be still a, a huge challenge, but it's helping them be more preemptive um, and not slow to react. And that is an amazing benefit that I think um, I can, I, I wish we had one of your customers on the call right now <laughs> to even <Thank> just <laughs> mention because just thinking about how we feel, right? When we know exactly how to prepare for our school, our schools reopening for our kids, for example, and trying to keep track of that and that feeling of understanding what's coming down the pipeline. I can't even imagine what happens when you're a business owner or um, uh, yeah, working to, to keep your business alive. So you you hinted at the technology. So I'm going to move to Jim, who I know is part of this mastermind on how the building blocks come together for the technology that's created. I mean, we're going to talk about Microsoft solutions, and I know we pro provide some of the great like tools and framework for you. But Jim, how do you bring this all together? Tell us more about the building blocks that you use for the solution and um, whether or not, like, talk, let's talk about the components, but also was this completely new for you or did you have some learnings from other solutions that you built? Because I know that this legislative tracker comes out of great stuff that Ballard Spar has already been working on from a Microsoft solutions perspective. So the solution we're talking about today, the COVID-19 tracker, that wasn't novel in terms of what we've been doing. We've had mm -hmm. legislation trackers before, um, just a few months before we made a, a big um, demo of it at our, our partner meeting uh, based around uh, HR legislation mm -hmm. and tracking that. Uh, what made it novel here, though, was the way we decided to share it and the way we decided to collect it. Yeah. Um, that's what made it novel for us. Um, but we had a good foundation, and that foundation, um, Melissa referenced it before, that's for her, from her perspective, that was five years ago. Um, for me, it was almost four years ago when I first started the firm. Wow. Um, so one of the first projects, one of the first meetings I went to at Ballard was we were building out our um, legal project management tool mm -hmm. where we wanted to combine our pricing aspect with our matter management aspect um, and get that combined. Um, so you can imagine there was a long list of requirements for that tool. Um, the one that stood out to me um, and what is the reason why I think we're here today is one of the basic tenements was we had to take the information in that tool and give it to our clients in real time. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we're doing here with, with our COVID tracker. Um, and so when you say tools, like what, what specific tools are you using for like that you use to build a tracker? And so, the one before the one that you had before that you showcased kind of at the partner meeting, which which sounds like you could use internally as well. It sounds like maybe your your own legal professionals were using this tracker internally. Is that true? Uh, correct. So uh, the legislation trackers that we're talking about, and in particular, again, the COVID-19 one today, uh, is built on two Microsoft tools. It's right. uh, Power BI is the obvious one. Mm -hmm. What Power BI does for us, it, it handles both the data processing and transformation, as well as defines our user experience. It's... Mm -hmm. I mean, to put it in terms of a customer, um, it's changing the way our customers consume legal services. Mm -hmm. And that's what Power BI is doing for us today. And that was the most exciting piece of our Bower 360s when we integrated that into our custom-built solutions um, there. Mm -hmm. uh, the other Microsoft product that we're using to support this and is quite honestly genius in my mind is SharePoint. 
Um, so SharePoint is is your traditional extranet platform that you know plenty of law firms out there are using for sharing information with their clients, sharing information within business groups and whatnot. Um, what makes it unique the way we're using it here is we're using it as our database. Mm -hmm. And it's a custom built database that anyone on our team with basic SharePoint knowledge can build a custom design database on the fly. We don't have to go to IT and ask for uh, you know, SQL scripting to get information out of a database that was somewhere on-prem. On mm -hmm. What we're doing is within minutes, setting up a SharePoint list that acts as our database, that SharePoint is already integrated with Power BI. Mm -hmm. You quickly connect, create that connection. That's an easy connection. You transform your data, you process it and make it to usable format. And then most critically is that because we're using SharePoint as our, as our, um, our database, we can schedule updates. So there's no manual intervention outside of that initial input of, of the legislation. Everything else is taken care of by Power BI and, and the uh, service there. And so you, when you say automatically update, you're using automation for some of these workflows to, to make sure that we're going to talk a little bit about some of the manual pieces that we need some human effort. Of course, this is not without human effort, but there is this benefit that I'm hearing about the power of automation for making sure your updates are, are you know, you're, you're moving with agility again and your customers can rely on that uh, a, a bit more than normal. Yeah, correct. I mean, the automation is key to everything. Um, if you want to share this type of information across multiple clients individually, having somebody sit down and manually update those lists, update those spreadsheets, update whatever medium you're using to share the client, you need a giant team to support that. Yeah. Um, and that just is, is resources that we don't have. And for, I mean, frankly, no one has. Mm -hmm. um, the ability to automate that process outside of, you know, human intervention happens on one aspect, the front end. And that, that, that front end initial intake is what uh, Sarah's team is handling. As soon as that's done, if you design your report in the right way, you design your workflow in the right way, you have the right process and team behind that, you automate it. And it automatically flows in real time. We're not talking about a once a week update. We're not talking about once a day update. Right. We can see updates as often as every 30 minutes. So in, in terms of the, the tools that we're building and this COVID-19 tracker, you're getting real time updates. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about what you just hit on around resources. Start at the Ballard's Bar homepage and navigate to the Coronavirus Resource Center. On the Coronavirus Resource Center homepage, there are two links in the right toolbar, the State Legislative Tracker and the Federal Legislative Tracker. The State Legislative Tracker contains legislation and executive orders regarding the coronavirus outbreak in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. This report summarizes both proposed legislation and enacted bills and executive materials. And the table on the bottom left corner of the page is current legislation. This is legislation that has been proposed and is working through the legislature, but has not yet become law. This table includes the state and bill number, the title of the legislation, a summary of the bill, and its current status in the process. To the upper right corner of the page is a table containing enacted laws and executive orders. This table includes the state, the title of the document, the effective date of the bill or executive order, 
a summary of the document, and a link to the full text of the law or executive order. If you hover over any individual bill or executive order, you will see more detail regarding the legislation, law, or executive order. In the upper left corner of the page, you can view legislation by state. The saturation of the state indicates how much legislation has been introduced in each state. The darker the color, the more legislative or executive activity. You can also click on the state to see how the rest of the tables respond. For example, if you click on Michigan, the remaining tables will be limited to materials relevant to Michigan. In the bottom right corner is a graphic that illustrates legislation by topic. If you click on a topic, that will limit the remaining tables to materials relevant to that topic. At the top of the page are a number of filters. You can filter by state, by topic, by action type, so this is bill, executive, order, or other material, or government action, which will indicate the phase the bill is at in the process. That is how you navigate the Ballard 360 State Legislative Tracker. The Federal Legislative Tracker contains federal legislation and executive orders from the President. This report summarizes both proposed legislation and enacted bills plus executive material. In the table at the bottom left corner of the page is proposed legislation. This is legislation that has been proposed and is working through the legislature, but has not yet become law. The table includes the bill number, the title of the legislation, and a summary of the bill. To the upper right corner of the page is a table containing enacted laws and executive orders. This table includes the bill number, the title of the document, the effective date of the bill or executive order, a summary of the document, and a link to the full text of the law or executive order. If you hover over any individual bill or executive order, you'll see more detail regarding the legislation, law, or executive order. In the upper left corner is a graphic that illustrates legislation by topic. If you click on a topic, that will limit the remaining tables to materials relevant to that topic. At the top of the page, you can filter the materials by bill status. That's how you navigate the Ballard 360 Federal Legislative Tracker. Let's walk through the resources, and it sounds like you manage much of the human effort as well that goes into this. Tell us about that, because I think people might take away that this is, and it's magical. What Jim just described is magical. <laughs> Thank you, Microsoft Solutions. <laughs> but we, we need your, your piece of it too. So walk us through how that interplays right. with the, the tools that you built. So I have a team of really, really skilled researchers um, who know how to gather legislative information. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, like Melissa kind of talked about earlier, when we first set up this project, we really thought that this was gonna focus on legislation. And we have a number of services that give us state and federal legislative updates on kind of a regular basis. Um, but we, what we found with this specific project is most of what's happening is either coming from an executive, so the governor, um, or from specific state agencies. Mm -hmm. um, so my 
team who are an amazing team of researchers have been putting together processes to make sure that we can identify these um, updates as they come out. Um, which often requires us to look at state websites um, or agency websites and um, have constantly been reevaluating the research, research process. So that's what's been really unique about this is because of the nature of what we're dealing with and how it's constantly changing, kind of from a legislative perspective, the way that they deal with it is always changing. So we kind of put together processes and gather updates and um, use SharePoint to kind of collaborate and collect everything in a uniform way in one place. Um, so that can be put into the report and keep our clients up to date. How big is this team? We're talking. There are only four of us. <laughs> so it's not a huge team. Oh, I was picturing like, yeah, like 30 nope. people coming together. Okay, so you're, you're small but mighty yes. um, team. Okay, that's, that's pretty amazing for, for researchers, generally speaking. So when you talk about, because Melissa hit on this, Jim hit on this, and you just hit on it, is the fact that you kind of had to change change your approach a bit because this was not just about legislation, right? And I know a SharePoint site is reasonably easy to, to stand up. Um, and then the Power, Bi the, the Power BI piece just really, just naturally kind of intersects with it. How quickly were you able to move from realizing we needed this legislation to move beyond legislation to bringing in all these other pieces? Because you're talking about reliability of, of data, like everybody has, you can go to Facebook and they'll tell you what the stop order is, but you had to think through where are we going to go, where are we going to track this data, and then we're going to have to input this into a tracker that was really originally, uh, you know, attached to things that were already validated from a state and 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 it sounds like you did um, mostly state legislation, right? And federal <laughs> legislation. Sorry. So how quickly did that take? And where, what were the challenges that you were facing around doing that, if any? Um, fortunately, we were able to make the shift from a legislative perspective or a research perspective fairly quickly, but the technology also let us do that. So what's really nice about SharePoint is once we notice um, kind of shifts in what's happening, we can kind of add new fields or add new categories or add new tags or add new information to kind of capture that change, right? So at the beginning of this, we were seeing lots of emergency declarations and school closures. And now we're at a stage where we're seeing, you know, business plans to reopen states. Mm -hmm. um, and the technology being so easy to use with SharePoint where you can kind of add new categories or add new fields um, and we can all work in one place and know that it's going to be, you know, up to date and, and current allowed us to identify those trends in real time and then make those changes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to filter and add new tags lets us kind of put out in the tracker, okay, this is a new topic we're seeing this week and we want you as our user to see that as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it's it's been it's been fairly easy for us all to collaborate in one place and stay on top of things that are kind of they're changing weekly if not daily. Right. If so, I could just inter yeah, interject one point there that that uh, Sarah hits on, it's the flexibility of the technology that's so great about this is that it allows the business owners to own that technology and own the solution. Mm. Uh, there's no roundabout way. We don't have to go to a third-party vendor to create these solutions anymore. Yeah. The people who are collecting that data, the people who know the legal world, who know the business models of our clients, we're the ones that are designing the solution front to end right. and, and delivering that in, in real time. So I, I, that is something that has been an eye-opener to me in the last year since I started using Power BI and relying on SharePoint and other Microsoft products that the system is designed to be flexible and it allows us to take ownership of our own data and processes. And I mean, that's what we aim to build, right? For, <laughs> our, for our customers, for Microsoft customers. Tell me about the usability from, maybe you have an example from customers who have been using the legislative tracker. So as I understand it, it's anyone can use it. Right, I can I can go on now and and use it as an individual, but any business can jump on and use it, which I think is amazing that you allowed this to be free for everyone to use. Um, do you have some feedback that you've been getting from the customers who are your kind of your regular users of your technology, your actual clients, on the legislative tracker and kind of usability and 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 reliability? You can even use the the gym owner again, Melissa, if you'd like, or any anyone. Well, I think the feedback that we've consistently gotten is that we built it in a way that made it that's very user friendly, and it's one of the best products out there in terms of giving a high level snapshot of what's happening in each ge geographic location in a quick way. Mm -hmm. So we did start this, and then there were obviously other uh, legal vendors that developed something very similar. What I think is amazing is that people keep coming back to this. Yeah. Um, that there's more out there now to choose from. Be COVID and beyond. What's your, teach me. <laughs> so I, we've been talking about this for a really long time. And um, if we're talking about customers, I think the thing that we have to say on the, on the law firm side is what makes things particularly challenging for us as business professionals is that we have two levels of customers. Mm -hmm. Level one is our, our, our lawyers, mm -hmm. the ones that manage the day-to-day -day client relationships. And a lot of times you have to get them to buy in. Mm -hmm. And I think they're the toughest customers. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you just are talking about the customers at the, at, you know, our client customers, um, sometimes because they're um, in corporations, in businesses, are much more used to using technology, they're much more open to law firms using technology to, to, um, to, to use for their legal work, but partners at large law firms tend to be much more traditional, and that's been a huge hurdle we've had to get over. And so for years we've been debating, you know, do you go to the partners at the law firm to get buy-in first and then try to take it to the client, or do you just try to take it to the client mm -hmm. um, in a way, but you know, like through, um, through marketing and blog posts and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I think it, at, at the end of the day, it really comes down to you have to get buy-in from everyone. And so the success we've had is to showcase specific client technology that we've built 
and to get the partners that we work with, and frankly, the more junior lawyers who are much more innovative in their approach to doing legal work, to say, we'll work with you and we believe in this and we've bought into it and it works for us and it's really changed our relationship you know, inside in terms of management of the client relationship to say we're going to talk publicly about that. And then that convinces other lawyers at our firm to really buy in. And so this year at our partner meeting in January, we did a, um, a workshop on case studies and innovation, is what it was called. And it was based solely on this Microsoft technology that we've built. So for several months leading up to the partner meeting, we focused all of our efforts on building technology for four or five clients that we knew we could get buy-in from the partners if we built it. And we said to the partners in advance, if we focus on this technology and we perfect it as much as we can, leading up to the partner meeting, will you talk about this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in exchange, what you'll get is this great technology that we focused all of our efforts on and it worked. And we went to this uh, session and it was a two, it, you know, there was a morning session and an afternoon session. People went to the morning session and they, they raved so much about it to their partner friends at the meeting that the afternoon session was packed and we were in Phoenix and it was 85 degrees and sunny and no one wanted to go inside yeah, after of course. <laughs> um, and then we had a huge group of people who said, yes, use this for my clients. But it was because we had specific case studies where partners said, this is what my clients think. This is what my clients love about this. Mm -hmm. And that's really been the turning point for us. So I think it has to be about, um, you know, we can't view ourselves internally um, as traditional um, technology developers. You know, we have to be working with our customers, both internal customers and external customers to get this right. And it needs to be solely focused on what their needs are and what they want. And I think that's, that, that's been the game changer for us. I'm very, very excited about that. See, that is... When, when when we first started talking and I was thinking through customer versus client, that's what you do when you say you ask what they need, even for your internal customers. That's not, that that is something that we are evolving on. But even as in my traditional practice, I, I didn't always ask what the client needed, right? They would come to me and I would, they would tell me, I want this done. But then I didn't take a step back always and say, let me reflect on what you need, not just on this particular ask, but going forward. Let me look at what you constantly ask for, see trends, identify things that I can start working on to make sure we're meeting your needs ahead of time. That's something I had to learn over time, but it's in our industry, it is definitely, there's definitely work to be done. So when you say we think about what our customers need, um, that's what I want to just like resonate with people because that's how you're able to build the tools that you build. But also now if someone goes to one of your, um, the, the, the attorneys at your law firm and says, oh, we're working on this particular issue. We're being impacted by COVID. And if they are not aware of your legislative tracker yet, your lawyer sells it for you. I mean, because yeah. they're on board, you know, because they're thinking through, oh, now I understand, like, this is actually what you need. You're asking me for something else, but what you really need is this to help you track to this every day. Um, anyway, that's, you just reminded me of how important that is to focus on that, that piece. Uh, and so let's talk about really quickly, because you, you have hit on it so many, in, from so many different angles, 
the, the customer need. And what I realized, I was reading a story that you've written on using Microsoft solutions. It focuses on the COVID tracker as well, the legislative tracker as well. But you mentioned in this article that each client has different needs and uses for the dashboards that you built, right? But we've seen some similarities and trends in terms of what they want to see. And so maybe I'll go to Jim on this one and anybody else chime in, please, on what these trends are and similarities you're seeing, because it sounds like you have, you I mean, you do have such a diverse um, customer base. What are some of those trends? So um, the biggest trends that we've seen and, and how these solutions have helped us is um, when you start visualizing the data in real time, you start to understand that, you know, if it's a location, you put it on a map. If it has dates around it, you put it in a calendar. These are very simple stepping stones in our design solution and development that, again, I've identified the trends that are common. Again, our clients are very, our customers are very diverse. They have a diverse um, selection of legal issues. But at the end of the day, our customers want to see where their legal spend is physically across the, across the, the nation. They want to know what's upcoming. So things like, um, like discovery deadlines and how that impacts the scope of a budget that we have. With them. That's a common question that many of our clients have. Um, seeing the impact of legal opinions and, and legislation like COVID-19 on what it costs for you know settlement across various jurisdictions. Why are we spending so much money in California and Florida, mm-hmm. where in Michigan and New York, it's much cheaper? Um, those are the trends that, tran- that translate to all clients. All of our clients are on a budget. All clients are concerned about their legal spend, e- ever more so now with COVID-19. Now, when you start looking at the data in a visual way in real time, um, that's that's the trends that we see coming to our clients and customers. And with our lawyers, just being able to have them visually look at the information that they deal with on a day-to-day basis helps their analysis go faster. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting an email every day about litigation involving your client, you may look at that email and say, all right, you know, I'm seeing a lot of litigation in California, but if you're seeing that, on a map or seeing that in trends across nature of suit, if you're collecting that and looking at it visually, you can start identifying things that are relevant to your client and you can do it really quickly because it's right there in front of you identifying those patterns. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing, I'm hearing, because I can see them by the way during this podcast, <laughs> but I'm hearing a lot of one of the trends, it's just the visual piece, how they're, how, how they're digesting, receiving, seeing the data that you, you put together for them, right? You help collect, you harvest, you put it into your solution, but what you're seeing is your customers tend to have similar asks on how they want to see things because ideally with data, they want to be able to receive receive it in the most uh, salient way, and the 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 way that makes it very um, user friendly, usable, uh, and that relevant, just relevant to what they're doing. And so it sounds like you've been able to build the tools, even though you do specific unique, uh, whether it's dashboards, SharePoint sites for your actual customers the similarities really thread through how are they going to receive the data that they care about. 
So guys, this, everything that you've talked about um, from the legislative tracker for COVID, that was our focus today, but also expanding on the solutions that you deliver to your customers around using Microsoft 360, um, 365, all our solutions and our tools that you've been building on. So the, the COVID legislative tracker is free. What is, what, what's the cost of, I believe you call it Ballard 360, right? For, um, for your customers, these unique platforms or dashboards or, or sites that you build. What is the cost to each of these customers? We don't charge for that. And I think that's what makes us unique. You know, as we're as law firms are starting to build more and more of these systems, a lot of what I hear from other law firms is that they're charging for them mm -hmm. and that they're in, a, in essence becoming software vendors as part of their day-to-day -day job. Mm -hmm. I think what makes us really different from other firms is we see the technology we're building as a true value add as part of the holistic client experience that we give, you know, to every client. So, um, and the platform that we've designed using Microsoft technology and Microsoft has really enabled us to build it quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously manpower that goes into figuring out how to build it and each client has unique needs, but we've built it in a way that's agile in a way that we can quickly spin off sites. It doesn't take us a lot of time or money to do it. And it really truly is a value add to our clients. Um, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. It's and I hope that that's what also sets us apart because we have this team of people that are business professionals devoted to cost effectiveness and efficiency and value. And so that's really where we're coming from. Melissa, that is not only helpful to understand from the perspective of, you know, customers and clients of yours, but I will tell you that the team that we are part of in Modern Legal, and that's part of CELA, so our legal department here at Microsoft, there's lots that we can learn from what you just said around providing that kind of additional value and making sure that we're focusing on customer needs. And everything that you kind of taught us today around technology, making it making it um, flexible and easy to use, but also figuring out how to get that adoption um, from everyone, getting the buy-in at the right levels, but really bringing everyone along on the journey as much as you can. This is something that we are, are, are learning to do as a legal department. So I think part of why because our podcasts are typically focused on internal folks, right? We actually interview a lot of the people internally that are doing digital um, transformation and their innovation here in our department. But what, what caught my attention about what you've done, it's not just about the COVID legislative tracker, which is amazing in itself, but the fact that you were building out these unique, um, unique, this unique technology for each of your customers and focusing in on them. To learn that you give it to them at, at, at no cost, but as a value add is a huge bonus. But I can tell you that it would, it would be, it's, 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 it's priceless what you're doing for them. So thank you for your time today. Thank you for teaching us how to bring people along the journey, but also just keeping us up to date on the really important things that are happening in life today. I hope you all stay safe. 
And um, I know that this trucker is, un you know, unfortunately, it's going to be really useful for a, a long time coming. This is not going to end soon. And so as you continue to iterate on it, just, you know, wishing you the best of luck, but let us know from a Microsoft perspective, how we can continue to partner with you uh, as you continue to build tools. We're happy to hear that you're able to do it, Jim, without, you know, having to even use a third party vendor. That's what we love to hear, but we're still here for you in terms of just any, anything that you need uh, help on. Uh, using any of our technology, including Teams, <laughs> let, let, let me know. Let us know. All right. Well done. Thank so you. Much. That's a wrap, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you to you.